0: Hartford, geographically, we're an hour and a half from downtown Boston, or about two hours from Manhattan. So, in a uh, pre-COVID world, uh, there was a lot of hand wringing, uh, losing talent to those two larger metros to the northeast and southwest. But now, in a post-COVID world, we find that who we are as a community is now a demand say that the pandemic is good for us, but the pandemic has caused people to look at the value of who we are as Harvard in a different light. In a post-COVID world, quality of place will matter ever more important uh, than it did even pre-COVID.
1: This is Fabiola Florinville of Blueprint Creative Group, and you are tuning in to the Economic Development Podcast. And today's guest is David Griggs, who is with the Metro Hartford Alliance. Hi, David, how are you? I'm doing well. Good, well, it's good to talk to you. So just briefly tell us, uh, what does the scene look like in Hartford uh, industry-wise? What are some changes that you're making in your economic development initiatives?
0: So as you uh, probably are well aware, uh, Hartford is the insurance capital of the world, uh, so we are, uh, our industries are are primarily uh, insurance and insurance-related industries, as well as aerospace, we're uh, very much an aerospace hub and defense industries hub. We've got uh, Pratt & Whitney, uh, which uh, makes engines, jet engines, and then, uh, of course, electric boat. Uh, on the coast, which is uh, a submarine manufacturer, so uh, our economy is
1: interesting in, in a way in that we've got uh, leading industries in both white collar and blue collar, uh,
0: and jobs that you can do at home and jobs that you can't do at home. Really difficult to build a submarine at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's a it's a very interesting time here.
1: Well, with that said, you know, everyone's looking to see what the trends will say about how remote work changes, uh, industry dynamics changes, even where people want to live and work. Um, There are some who are in smaller markets or, you know, uh, markets that compete against larger metros who probably were overshadowed by those metros that had the typical amenities, you know, live, work, play type amenities, that urban downtown field that now are rising to the top just because they provide space, affordability um, and everything that now comes in this new norm that we're in. So where do you think Hartford uh, stands in that space? It stands to gain. Uh, from that type of shift, if the trends continue to move as they are.
0: Well, well, you you just read our playbook. So Hartford, geographically, we're an hour and a half from downtown Boston, or about two hours from Manhattan. So in a uh, pre-COVID world, uh, there was a lot of hand wringing, um, losing talent to those two larger metros to the northeast and southwest, but now in a post-COVID world, we find that who we are as a community, for those who don't know, Connecticut is actually a very hilly state. We call them mountains tier. Others might chuckle <laughs> at the thought of that, of our hills being mountains, but <laughs> it is what it is, um, and these river valleys and, and hills have a way of socially distancing uh, our communities. So what you end up with here in Hartford is a, a strong urban core, but a lot of suburban areas that are in and of themselves small towns. Who Hartford is, is now a demand product. You know, we, we don't want to say that the pandemic is good for us, but the pandemic has caused people to look at the value of who we are as Hartford in a different light.
1: Well, you know, I always like to see the silver lining in things. So, you know, obviously this pandemic has caused a lot of devastation, but there are, you know, some silver linings in it. And so, as you just mentioned, in terms of how uh, your product is now, um, rising to the occasion to meet this new norm, um, are you seeing some new innovations in your traditional industries? You know, uh, logistics has you know long been one of those growing industries um, where they like to concentrate around talent. And so, with you, with Harford being the aerospace capital of the world, um, what are some uh, initiatives or investments or even some movements that? you're either seeing from your companies and industries or even that as as an organization that uh, you, you guys are now considering uh, shifting towards to start to attract those types of aerospace tech companies and other types of innovative companies that can help to continue to meet some of these demands?
0: Well, you know, you mentioned logistics and being Again, where we are in relation to both Boston and New York creates an opportunity for Hartford to become a logistics hub. And we are seeing more and more investments in uh, our logistics sector. Now, you know, that said, um, with,
1: as mentioned, the work from home uh, opportunities that that are in
0: front of us, this wonderful opportunity for communities. And I think communities around the country are likely doing a lot of what Hartford is doing. And that's really taking a look at our quality of plates in
1: a post-COVID world. Where you you know right. spend the majority of your time, the so quality of place is very important,
0: and in uh, attracting talent, uh, that much more so. So, you know, we're, we're uh, again that silver lining for us is um, really doubling down on on the assets that have traditionally made Hartford who it is. Um, now all
1: that. You know, we're in an interesting time because, you know, before prior to COVID, it's interesting that we have to say pre-COVID and post-COVID, but yes. <laughs> pre-COVID, you know, it, uh, talent really wanted to be and live where work was. And now uh, the shift is saying that talent wants to be where the, the place is quality, as you mentioned. Yes. Um, so where can they get both, you know, for their bang? And that's where we're going to see competition really start to take shape. Uh, among uh, communities that probably, you know, historically haven't been uh, rising to the top in comparison to the larger metro. so um, I like to call those shadow cities. So those shadow cities and shadow markets, uh, I predict, will start to rise to the occasion. Um, and
0: well, mm-hmm. I I couldn't agree more. And, and uh, you know, the, the term shadow city, be, uh, you know, any more appropriate for a community like Hartford that has. In the shadows of, of both New York and Boston uh, for quite some time, so uh, I, I I hope you're right.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and obviously, still to be told. And you know, all of the leaders in this industry are monitoring trends. Um, I'm seeing reports all over the place of how things are starting to shift. Um, I don't think we're going to ever go back to how things were, (laughs) you know, uh, that's one thing that COVID is telling us, even if we don't make so many gains moving forward in terms of industry shifts, um, I doubt things ever look the same um, before. I I think we're uh, looking at value from a different lens these days. So I think that um, your community has a lot to gain from that.
0: I completely agree. Um, And, uh, you know, as a, regional economic development group, like any other economic development group, we we are in constant contact with our largest employers, and uh, through our chamber of commerce, we're able to to talk to um, our smallest employers, so we get a a really nice cross-section of information about the things that matter and the plans that are being developed, Uh, and, you know, that's in some regard one of the really important things that we do as uh, both a a chamber and an economic development agency is um, understanding what are the plans of our big employers you know so many of them are in our downtown core and a lot of the service industry depends on those you know tens of thousands of people that show up every day Uh, what happens when only a third of them show up or half of them at some point show up. You know, how does a restaurant or, you know, a a bodega, how do they plan for that level of activity in a way that allows them to keep their doors open as well? And, you know, this is uncharted territory, um, I think, for everybody in America. And um, communication
1: is key. Absolutely. There's a lot to learn and a lot to be learned. And you're absolutely right. Communication is key. Communication amongst each other, which is the reason why we're doing this podcast, um, th- just to hear and learn from other leaders in the industry. Um, I think that there's a lot of best practices that are uh, being uh, put on the table. So I think there's still a lot to learn. So it's it's been well, great talking to you and learning about what your community is doing and what you stand to gain.
0: Thank you. Like you mentioned, learning from our peers and and others, you know, that's the, the the best way to to go about it. I'm fond of saying that plagiarism only counts in <laughs> college. <laughs>
1: Everywhere
0: else, it's called best practice. <laughs> we're all about bringing best practice to
1: our Absolutely. You know. Uh, last question. So, speaking of that, have you noticed any particular community? around the country that you think is closer to figuring it out?
0: Uh, and this is not to um, disparage anybody's effort. Um, uh, I think there are a lot of communities doing really good work. I have conversations with many of them on a weekly basis uh, through, through different organizations. But I don't think anybody has... Really, totally figured it out. I think we're we're all watching the communities that are implementing new policies or implementing uh, new ideas to see how they work, to see if they have uh, the desired effect. But it's really tough. There's so much going on. There are so many challenges. It's really tough to put your arms around all of it. So most communities are trying to tackle what's most pressing to their community.
1: So do you think that, um, there's a general consensus that, uh, let's see how one particular community chooses to take the risk and experiment and we'll see if that works. (laughs) And if it does, then, you know, we'll kind of make an assumption that it's a safe bet for other communities as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, because you, it, it takes time, effort, and money to implement any, new uh be it policy program or otherwise so you you know you really want to be well thought out you want to have as much data supporting whatever you're going to do before you do it and in a world where there's very little to back up you know a a plan because we're all living in uh, hopefully soon a post-pandemic world i think we're still in a a first-wave pandemic world. Uh, But when we get to to a point where we get that lull, how do we keep the lull? How do we not have uh, that second wave hit, Uh, such as what we saw with the Spanish flu? um, You know, opening your economy, being safe, uh, and getting whatever our new normal is going to be on the books is, is, is key. Uh, And and following the the best practices from around the country or around the world, that's just just smart.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, good. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks again for sharing your perspectives.
0: Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to the Economic Development Podcast presented by Blueprint Creative Group. There's more episodes featuring economic development leaders throughout the country, and we thank all of the participants for sharing their perspectives. Check out all of the episodes in this series at blueprintcreativegroup.com slash development